This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Well, welcome everybody to the post-international break episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast. Joining me are my regular stalwarts, Ian and Mark, and we're going to analyse a match at the Vitality Stadium that finished Bournemouth 3, City 2. I think one of you's cup half full and the other one's cup half empty, so we start with the positivity of Mark. Mark? Over to you, just a quick uh, resume of uh, City's performance over the 90 minutes today. What did you think? Thanks, David. Barebones City were going to always find it difficult at promotion certainties. Bournemouth, and despite going ahead from a great Atkinson header, uh, so 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 it happened. Is uh, the first hour, it was like the Alamo. But for the last half hour, with the switch, with De Silva to the left, and Masengo coming on, Scott going right wing back, City suddenly found some positivity, and it was an open, competitive game. Better refereeing could have seen a City get a penalty. Martin straight down the throat of Travers. A third goal conceded, but City scored a deserved goal on 91 minutes to make it at least competitive and look positively to the final six games of the season. Well, one would hope so. Mark, I mean, I won't repeat, because this is a family show, what you put on uh, Twitter, but you said we were useless in every department. So uh, let's have your... My, usual, my, name's, uh, my name's Ian. Ian. What do yeah. I call you then? Mark. Mark. That's dread- Ian. Yeah, that's dreadful, isn't it? Ian. Ian. You can you tell do, we haven't been, we, we start drinking later, coffee. don't we, on a Saturday? I'm staying with a bottle of uh, Peroni, actually. So there we go. Yeah. <clears throat> Ian, Ian, Ian. Right, your, yes. your thoughts. You didn't think it was that good. No, I mean, I think the positives from today's game is that, that we're still 15 points clear of the drop. Andy Byman got another goal. Nice assist for Tommy Conway. Uh, and for the last 30 minutes, we made a bit of a game of it. But up until then, I thought we had no midfield. We were tactically inept, really. Poorly set up. Poor, poor service, no service to the front men because we played with a back a back seven, effectively, or if you want to call it a back eight, with Bentley. Uh, the midfield was so deep. Um, the injury list goes on and on and on. So it was seven players out today, including Semenyo. Uh, in terms of shots on target, we did okay. Our percentage was a lot higher than Bournemouth, thank God, because if, if they'd have had the same clinical uh, nature that, uh, that that we had, it could have been seven or eight. Um, we surrendered. Well, that, that, uh, that Christie... That Christie was a selfish so-and-so, wasn't he? Because he had a couple of chances that uh, he should have buried, really, shouldn't I, he? I, I think Bournemouth's problem is, is on a lot of occasions, they try and walk the ball in the net. Although they yeah. did work out they, we, at corners, we were putting every player on the field in the six-yard box. Um, so there was nobody out to close down anything on the edge of the box. So they played a nice three-man short corner. Um, 
Atkinson and Voiman and lots of other players stared. Was it Smith that got the second goal? Mm. Um, they stared at him as he ran. Cook. No, it was Lewis Cook. Cook. Sorry. Yeah, uh, as he ran at least 10 yards unmarked, unchallenged. Weak shot, which I think, um, unless Bentley thought Voiman was going to block it, Voiman did the old O'Lay. And um, and then Bentley moved late, but I think he should have done better with that, and possibly yeah. should have done better with the right. with the first one. All so right. that that's my assessment of it. We we set up not to do much, and we succeeded in not doing much. Yeah. Okay. Mark, the starting uh, lineup. I mean, no real surprises. So we don't know how long Callas is out for now. Semenyo's out, but it was the Atkinson. Cundy close back uh, central back three, but but you know it becomes a five with Pring under Silver there uh, and James protecting them. Uh, it was a predictable lineup. Would you have maybe expected maybe one of the, the Conway to maybe start and then bring Martin on late on just to shake things up a bit? What did you think of the lineup? No, unsurprising. I I think the I mean in hindsight it was far better with, with De Silva on left and he's trying to I can see what he's trying to do trying to accommodate Pring and De Silva and I I think we 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 talked about this last time didn't we Ian but we, it obviously doesn't work De Silva looks far better in his in his best position which is left back or left or left wing back which means that Pring Pring can't play and Scott decent is a right wing back and that created chances. The problem is we've got nobody who can tackle in midfield. We've got some good... We have, we, I mean, a back three isn't too bad. The problem is it's not mobile enough. So when we do, uh, you know, get forwards like Solanke playing with a back to goal, it's it's the second ball. We just couldn't win the second ball. It just kept coming back and back and back, uh, you know, for, throughout throughout the game. It was really only with the addition of Masengo, things looked a little bit better. But... We're really scraping the barrel because of because of all the injuries and, and I, think, I just think it was we, we look we look quite competitive for the last half an hour because our attitude suddenly changed and we played more aggressively with with a higher press but I don't think there's a lot of changes that he can make I just think you know the players are, are, are limited in in terms of availability but there was just a huge gap a huge massive gap between. Uh, defence and midfield today, and the ball just kept coming flying. But James, James just didn't, you know, just didn't do anything for the uh, for the first sixty minutes until he got some help from Masengo. Like but I as said, you say, Ian though, Mark, that's the side. That's the way. Well, as Ian said a moment ago, that's the way the side is set up, isn't it? You know, because I just he, don't think with the players that he's got, that there's there, there's a lot he could do. Bournemouth were about a second ahead of us in terms. Of um, the physicality, they look a much stronger team, and obviously technically much much more adept. Um, what we really want to do was try and slow them down in, in the channels, and we didn't. You know, he just kept getting mm. getting the ball in into into the box far too easily. But yeah. I just I think that was the best that we could do with the players that the players that we had. I know it's an awful thing to say, but I think you know if you look at that. And we go. I thought it was going to be like Fulham. We score early, and then they get and get one. And I thought, it, you know, it, well, it was at one going stage to be when we went two one down, I put on Twitter. Yeah, I thought the fl- be, I thought the flood gets overwhelmed. I thought we were going to be overwhelmed then. Ian, but, the, the yeah. starting Ian, the starting lineup. <clears throat> no real surprises in there really. But um, you know, both of you have said the midfield was poor. Yet we've got effectively, or arguably two of our better players there, Scott and James. And Ian and Marcus just said uh, James didn't do a lot until the 60th minute. I thought Scott had a poor game in midfield. He lost the ball in the middle, which led to the first goal. But is it the quality or the quantity in the middle? Because when you look at what's in front of those two, yeah, those two guys, you you know, you've got effectively three players, Vyman, Bells and Martin. You know, is is the one too many up front? Is that why midfield was crap? Well, no. Um, we decided to, because that's the most positive thing that we've been able to do uh, this season is the WSM, or as it was today, the MWW. Um, so, and, and that is where we've got players with some experience and some talent. And it, it can't be a bad thing because Andy Voiman's got, what, 19 goals now? 
So yeah. uh, he's not far behind Solanke. And bearing in mind he's playing for an awful team and Solanke isn't. Um, then, and, and there was a stat that I heard today that he, he's got the fifth best, um, if you want to call it clinicalness or finishing rate per chance in Europe. So, and, and something that, that City fans need to be aware of, and I've been pointing out to a few people. I know um, what you're going to say. This, Go on. this week is that it's not just Semenyo, Scott, and uh, Masengo that teams will be looking at. Uh, I think people will come in for Callas and Vyman. Mm. Uh, and we, we need, to, uh, or I think Vyman's agent, if I was Vyman's agent, I'd be knocking on Nigel Pearson's door and saying, well, come on, my client took a cut. How about giving him a drop more money for the next year? Yeah. Or yeah. if you want us to sign an extended contract, we want more money. But leaving that aside and going back today, our midfield today was non-existent and that was a tactical decision. <clears throat> Nobody said... Uh, to and, and if you're playing with a defensive midfield, there's little point in playing Alex Scott in the centre of midfield. If you're playing with an entirely defensive midfield and you're not making a game of it, um, and you keep just kicking the ball away, which we did. Mm. Um, so if, if you're going to play an attack and defence style performance, firstly, you need a much better defence. And secondly, you need a much better defensive midfield. And as you've said, none of our midfield players are really good defenders. Now, it might be an idea against Peterborough to give somebody like Josh Hours a try because he's left-sided, he's he's a decent height, and he, lo- and he loves a tackle. And um, that's what we're lacking. That And he's he's got the physicality to get around the field. So he's not some bloke that's just going to sit in front of the back four and do nothing else, although one of those would be Andy. You know, a Colts Goose or a Khalifa Cissé type player. Um but I, I think they, the midfield was absent tactically. That was a decision made by the manager. And curiously, we had only slightly less possession today than we had against West Brom, which we, we yeah, drew 2-2. Two, two. Two, yeah. two, and, no, and normally, um, and, and, and should have won the game. Let's be honest, even though West Brom were much better than us. Yeah, yeah so, our possession, like, we, were, we only had, I think after somebody put up on uh, OTIB at one stage possession in the first half, it was 80-20 in favour of them because they had they had uh, yeah. a hell of a lot of uh, a hell of a lot of the ball. I mean, for what it's worth, you know, I don't think Alex Scott or Masengo in the last month of putting in a performance is going to do anything to bring in the size of bid that maybe six weeks ago we thought they were going to have and uh has come and knocking at the door and you're right Ian Callas and and Vyman you know they might be players that other clubs say oh we'll have some of that and maybe Bentley too although both of you have said he could have done better for the second goal let's get into the action I mean we you did the second goal a minute ago Ian but I'll come back to uh um you first Mark I mean as Ian again pointed out early they had an early corner and uh, we have players on the post but we forgot about a man on the ball I think it was Lerma with a free header that he didn't do anything with but then we went straight down uh, the other end we got a free kick uh, as uh, Toby said uh, Scott bought a free kick which he did it went behind for a corner and that's the only thing I can remember James doing uh, crossing the ball Um, good to see Rob Atkinson get get a goal his first wasn't it uh, Mark and I thought he did okay today to be honest but the goal how did you see it Good yeah one. I thought I, I thought he did it I mean the ball comes to him he's behind the uh, six yard box to the right he leans on uh, on Anthony and just powers it back across the goal Travers tries to get a hand to it but the, the power of the, the header means he can only push it up into the top right hand corner of the goal so from a, a defensive point of view, I thought I've seen defending like that before. I can't think where. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was it was a great great to start start a great way to start a game. Great corner, good header by Atkinson, good first goal, and I think well, you know, let's let's see what happens now. We We're might have ups- we might have upset them, We're but three three minutes. Three minutes and we scored. Crikey. I know. Unbelievable. I don't know what the odds <laughs> on him getting the first goal were. Probably something at least 40 to 1 or something like that. Ian, we haven't scored goals like that. Did since, anybody uh... win? Anybody anybody listening <clears throat> win anything? That'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Ian, we haven't scored goals like that since Aiden Flint was here, really, have we? It was a good way to start the game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and in fairness, I thought Bournemouth's keeper should have done better with that one because it was a bit close to the middle of the goal. But... Okay, yeah, good for Rob Atkinson. Good for us to be competing in the box. And I, I only tweeted, uh, there was a goal on Twitter from um, 
Louis Britton, um, wherever he's on loan. And it was a really good glance in near post header from a Waterford, corner. I've said, seen I it. Remember. Yeah, I saw that. Waterford yeah, I, I can't remember the last time we we scored a goal like that from a corner. And lo and behold, today we had one in. But, you know, one storm doth not a summer make, as they say, or one swallow doth not Oh, very poetic. Oh, yeah, good. exactly. Yeah, we'll have was this. We'll Keats? be re- dumping recordings of this. Was that Keats or Wordsworth? But anyway. Um, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> Ian, Mark, on. I mean. God, I'm hopeless with names today. It, Mark, um, it was then all <laughs> only two of us. As a, as a, I, know, I know, it's difficult, isn't it? Bournemouth were buzzing, busy bee-like round uh, our box. And I suppose it was... No surprise when uh, you know we we did concede a, an, an equaliser and Solanke. Uh, do you think we could have done better with a goal? Uh, Mark, you first. Is twenty fifth of the season. Oh yeah, I mean the balls. I, I'm trying to think who, who who played it. It was just a flat ball in the centre, and he's got his back to goal. I'm trying to think. I don't know who was defending it. I think it was uh, Robbie Cundy, and the ball goes loose, but it's switched to the left, and then there's another couple of passes. And Solanke gets the ball first and he stabs it towards goal. Bentley gets a hand to it, but it just drifts over the line. Wonder if Bentley could have got a better, a stronger left hand, left hand to that. But this is this has been typical of, of City's back three. It's it's a lack of mobility. We want somebody in there who can you can who can who can you know clear that clear that ball. You know when it when it's recycled. Um, for the most part, I thought some of our last ditch defending today, closer Cundy Atkinson was pretty good when yeah, crosses came Cundy in. But it was very just a simple ball down the middle. Yeah, Cundy did very well with one interception. Yeah, just but up. it was a, it was just a it, it was slow to react, and we've done that countless times, normally from corners. But considering we we defended so well up to the up to the half half time mark, it was a soft soft goal again, and it was a shame really because I thought you know. Yeah. Oh, they almost it was got the second. first time they played for the middle of us. Yeah, Atkinson uh, had to clear one off the line. That was a couple of minutes after the goal, which would have given them an interval lead. I mean, Ian, you know, the, we look at the, the three defenders and you could say at the start of this season, uh, well, you know, that's not our strongest three central. Cundy, uh, uh, Atkinson and Close. Uh, arguably, you know, do you think people like Callas and Baker would have stamped out a goal like that or have they got form when it comes to not being alert enough? Well, if, if you're saying would I, if I had a fully fit squad, would I pick Callas and Baker in front of any of those three? I would. Um, but they're not available. Um, Baker, you know, rumours persist that he ain't coming back. And until he does, they'll go on persisting. Um so it, the summer is is becoming, as I said the other week, I think people probably get fed up a bit. The summer is becoming incredibly important, and we need to be so much better than we were last summer. <clears throat> you got season tickets available for purchase on Monday, I believe, and and lots of people are going to have yeah. a very important decision to make in terms of their life, uh, because I think a lot of people who are have got ordinary jobs um, and when I say ordinary uh, I'm not being demeaning I'm just saying they're not earning 100 grand a year um, they're probably not earning 30 and they've got no. ordinary jobs them and their wife and they've got to make a decision do I buy a season ticket because if it began and ended with, with buying a season ticket that would be one thing but it doesn't you've got to get there <clears throat> lots of fans live a long way away mm. then you've got a part well that, that costs a lot of people a tenner so that 23 home games, that's another 230 quid on top of 500 yeah. quid for your season ticket. Yeah. Then yeah. you've got the fuel to get there. And then you've got um, lots of other things. You've got to have a, you know, if you have a drink or a coffee or have anything like a day out, um, even so much as buy a program or a fanzine, it all stacks up and it's a lot of money. And I think it's choice, Ian, got, you're right. It's choice. People, I mean, well, you know, the people, it will people, be no, most people, most people's elect, most people's domestic heating bills are probably in a year, even if you live in a modest house, are probably in a year going to go up the equivalent of a season ticket in the South Stand. Oh, more than that. 
yeah, try treble. No, that's what I'm saying. And, and people are going to be making those choices. <laughs> therefore, it's vital that the remaining yeah. three home matches, <clears throat> we put on something of a, a, a show. And I don't, I don't see that coming. Let's cut, well, we'll come it's, back. It's not, it's not, well, hang on, Dave. It's, hang on. It's not just that. It's it, people will have to make a choice. Do I do I pay my electric bill or do I buy a season ticket or do I go or electric and gas? I mean, utility, let's call it energy. Uh, or do I take my family on a family holiday or do I buy season tickets for Ashton Gate and tell them we can't go on holiday? And well, a lot after of people last... are going to have to make that, make that decision. And well, I've already it's, it's made that difficult... choice. Yeah. I made that choice last year, you know, and it was okay. Mine was football related, not finance, but it was like I done corporate and yeah, I am denied about it. And this year for me to do two corporates, four and a half grand to do two. So I'm sticking with one pensioner ticket for me and another one for Mel, although, you know, her interest has uh, as, as, as waned as, as, it, as it is for a lot of people. Let's get back in the action. So I want to talk yeah. about season tickets and stuff like that. Mark, um, second half, uh, Ben's did a save. Ian's talked about, you both talked about the goal that made it to 2-1. Uh, and then just after that, um, I think Christie set up Anthony. Another good save from Bent, although he might have been at fault for the second goal. He did, he did two, uh, <clears throat> two good saves. But, uh, Mark, I'll come to you first on this one. 63 minutes. Uh, Toby was saying on Robins TV, referee had been quite inconspicuous. But that was a clear penalty when Kelly sort of kneed him in the back, didn't he, on, uh, on the uh, lively um, Chris Martin. Penalty in your book? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think um, we're doomed not to get any more penalties this season. I don't know if we've we've, we've even. I think we had one at Coventry. I'm trying to fit, trying to think trying to think of another. Um, somebody will tell me in a minute. I'm sure who's uh, who's listening in. No, I, I think, don't know. I think we've only actually had around. one this season. Yeah, I think we've only that was actually against Coventry when the man was sent off. Exactly. Chris, yeah, Chris, Martin, Chris Martin scored. Down. Yeah. Yeah. So. The ball's played in behind. Martin does really well. Goes goes stride for stride with with uh, with with our uh, with our ex player Lloyd Kelly, and he gets a knee in the uh, in the thigh, and he falls on top of him. It's a penalty. The referee's got to make a brave decision. There should be. I mean, the, the, the assistant should be up with play. He's on that side of the pitch. Raise your flag. Some you know it's a it's a penalty you know if it had been VAR it'd been a penalty but you know those borderline decisions remember the one with Alex Scott as well it was even more blatant than that and then you know it, it's it's there's a possibility of it's two two and it's small margins like that yeah I know people are going to say you know it was like the Animo in terms of chances for Bournemouth but we stayed in the game we and did. that it was a chance was a chance for City yeah. Yeah, uh, Ian, penalty in your book as well. Then would you say yes, most definitely, or hundred percent, hundred percent. You know, and when they say they give it to the bigger clubs, Jesus Christ, you know, when they're saying Bournemouth for a bigger club, and like twelve years ago they were bottom of league two, it makes you want to wince. Uh, can I, can I just go to the next, the next bit of action as well? That's good. Well, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to say, uh, okay, Ian, then. Ian, uh, mm-hmm. Jade Silver <laughs> Cross. Do you remember your name? Jade Silva crossed the ball. Do you think Chris Martin should have done better with that effort on 72 minutes? Because that was crucial. That's two chances in the space of 10 minutes to make it two all. A penalty that wasn't given and a chance. Was it a miss or a lucky, fortunate save? Ian? Uh, I, I don't know whether it was. Only the keeper knows if he, if he meant to save it. But at that range, any goalkeeper does well to save anything because you, you've literally got nanoseconds to react. And... I, I think if the ball had been on Martin's head, he'd have probably scored. But because it was on the ground, um, I think he hit it well enough. But uh, yeah. the, the keeper managed to block it. So I, I wouldn't necessarily. I mean, I think should, do I think he should have scored? Yes, I do. But I, I, you know, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna castigate him for because I'm at least be he got it on target. Um, mm. No, I've seen I've seen those go over the bar as well. So you know, uh, it, it would have been if he'd have got that, or we'd have got the penalty. Yeah, it could have been it could have been a different game, but I mean, Bournemouth yeah. could probably point to ten uh, of those occurrences when either Bentley saved it, Atkinson cleared two off the oh, line. I know. I know. So you know, it's, it's you can go with well, it might have been this and it might have been that, all you like. But the fact is, look in the scorebook and it says they won three two, and yeah. and let's be honest, they deserve to win the game. Oh, they did. They did. I mean, well, let's just uh, add one gone. thing to that that move. 
a great reverse pass from from Wales to play in to play into Silva, and I think I think the, the the problem with Martin was he was going straight. I think between two defenders, and it whether he could have directed the ball, I don't know if it came off his studs or or off his toe. You know, he hits it quite straight, so there's only one one position of ball can go in really. He can't really get any direction on it. It goes down the centre goal. Good reaction save. He gets up to try and put it in, but the keeper gets down quickly and and, and I think it does it like a double kiss off Martin for a goal kick then. But yeah, and it might be clutching its straws. But that was you know that was some positivity from City, and, and and it was indicative of the way we played for the last half hour. A little snooker Good. phrase there: a double kiss, a double kiss, well, a double Christy, kiss. Christie did about a quadruple kiss of the ball on 76 minutes. Too many touches, couldn't get his shot away. Unselfish. He's the sort of player we probably get on loan next season. Yeah, because Scottish striker. I don't know how much they paid for him, but then the, I, I doubt the, it. <laughs> the third goal for them, which obviously did prove. Might exciting. get Tony Christie. This is the way to Amarillo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The third goal, which was a killer on 81, uh, it really finished City off. Uh, fine individual skill from Dembele, but then Scott was out muscled and Kloss slipped 3 1. Uh, Ian, you first on the goal. Fine individual goal, good close control, or should we be more robust as defenders? What do you think? Well, I think, you're, I think both are true. Uh, but, we, but then again, Alex Scott's not a fullback. Um, and he, he's a wing back, but he, he's only any good going forward. Yeah. So you, I'm not expecting you know, him to be in the right position to stop the player. Um, but yes, yes, Dembele did well. I mean, close falling on his backside didn't help. And then he's got the ball inside him. Rob, when the ball goes in the net, Rob Atkinson's down on one knee. Um, so our, our team, when, when you look at our team, and it, it points to, um, it points to um, what, what we need to do in the summer, I would say that, that, the constituent parts, in some cases, are okay. You look at them, you think, well, yeah, he's a half-decent player. Um, but they don't add up. Uh, the, sum of the, the sum of the parts is poor. And we need to find a reason for that. Uh, and, and I don't see Nigel Pearson and his team curing it. Because surely, if they could have cured it, they'd have done it by now. Notwithstanding, we've still got way, way, way too many players with uh, with long-term injuries, week in, week out. Yeah. I mean, that goal, uh, Mark, um, as How you say, <laughs> yeah, got, got your name right now. Uh, that goal, I said Scott wasn't doing a great job in midfield, right? But, you know, you've got, you've got um, a conventional right back on the bench in Zach Viner, but he's on the naughty bench. I mean, would he have done any better stopping him he's got more physicality there you know if he's if he's yeah, really I mean, on the it, step, why, why why even include him in the squad if you're not going to use him I, rather I, than play a player out of position there what do you think I, I think he's been he's been like that since, since Swansea and, and Pearson just doesn't want to play him but Dembele gets once he gets inside uh, Scott he's in the penalty area and cl- closer to goes to ground too easily and but Dembele does really well because he puts his foot on the ball Manoeuvring the ball into a scoring position and it's a great finish, yeah. but it, it's poor defensively. But we just haven't got, you know, we haven't got a right, a right, a right-sided fullback or, or wing back who's, who's who's good enough. So we play Alex Scott there. We played Andy Vyman there. We haven't got a uh, what you call a natural uh, right back. We played Jay De Silva there. You know, any anybody who fits the bill, anybody who's got their their boots. I think really on the Saturday, because um, uh, Tanner's injured. Obviously, Simpson was never good enough. That was a crazy re-signing, waste, complete waste of money. So we've got to get one or two. You know, we've got to get at least one addition in there, a, a, a specialist right back or right right wing back in uh, in in the summer. That that's a definite. Otherwise, we're going to really struggle next season, as well as awesome. players in midfield who can tackle. Because I don't. I mean, Joe Williams, his fitness record says he hasn't got a future at Bristol City. And I, I, I don't want to be sentimental. I'm really sorry. You know, if we want, we, we've got to have players who can play every, uh, who are available to play every week, uh, if possible. And 
Matty James probably good for another year, but we'll need additions there in while as well. If we can't win the ball in midfield, if we keep giving up midfield and get dominated like that every week, we're going to be down the wrong end of, uh, of the championship. Oh next god, season. yeah. I mean, yeah, the last has been an unmitigated disaster, and we've talked yeah. about the, the the goal that made made the scoreline respectable. I do think the scoreline flattered us to some extent, although we did have some good. Uh, we did have some good play. Apologies for that. My earphones keep falling off. There we go. Um, Ian, it, our waveform has gone down the toilet. One win in 14. Yeah, that is not yeah. been as bad as that for a very long, very, very long time, has it, really? No. Um, and we've now picked up five points out of the last 42. And, away. Uh, that is that is... what it is, away from home? Five out of yeah. 42? Five out of 42. And uh, it, look, it, it, I did a Nigel then, didn't I? Look. Um, yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> you didn't go. <laughs> we, we've, we've now got, we've now, we've now got the record of played 14, won one, drew two, lost 10, four, 14, against 36 points, five from 42, which is 12%. We're conceding on average 2.6 goals a game. And our average this is points away, is, games, it? is this, is yeah, this and our yeah. last fourteen away. I said added up points, to ten. No, no, added up to thirteen. It goes one, two, eleven, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's one, two, eleven. Lost eleven, sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, you're talking about point three six of of a point per game. So if you did that over just the away games in a season. Uh, 0.36 it's come out picking 8 points up all season away 8 points so I, I don't know why it's so bad away it's not like it's brilliant at home let's be honest but it is better at home um, and, and that's something else that um, Nigel Pearson and his team haven't been able to solve and it, it is you know, I mentioned, I think, the other week about how you could roll out a cardboard cutout of Pearson and, and, and press play on the tape. And it's the same after every game. Now, I will say today there are acceptable and unacceptable ways to lose games. And that w- wasn't one of our unacceptable defeats. There have been plenty of those, plenty yeah. of those. But we were up against a good team. We scored a couple of goals. We... Could have scored more, and with a little bit of luck, we might have got a point out of it. Well, let's say not a little bit, a lot of luck. We we could have got a point out of it. Um, yeah. But we need to address this inability to perform away from home. And I, and I don't care how good uh, the WSM or the WWM or whatever we play. Well, we are. could even have a BMW, couldn't we? We could have a better well, we could. Wells and... Uh... Benaroos, Wells, and Martin. We might have a winger in there. Well, possible, then. well, the, the but but you can't go on like that. There must be an answer to it. And I know I, I hear, you know, Nigel Pearson got a bit upset when people said, "Well, is this something you work on in training?" Yeah, of course they work on it. <clears throat> but my follow-up question will be: Why is what what you're doing in training? Why isn't it working? Because we've seen everything at games today. We packed the six-yard box from corners. Um, other games we've played zonal. Other games we played man for man. Other games we've made a we played a combination, and nothing appears to work. And there's only two sides in a division that have conceded more goals than us, and I think that's Peterborough and Reading. Yeah. And um, and we and this isn't a blip. This isn't oh well yeah we'll, we'll get that right. It, it isn't a blip. Now okay, having Baker out for the season, Callas. I'd be a, I'd be a little bit surprised to see Callas uh, <coughs> Callas back. I think they might rest him and Semenya, even if they're available. Uh, because if you're looking to sell players, you can't have any. You know, if you're looking to sell Semenya, if you get the right offer, no one's going to buy him if if his knee's gone. So you no. might want to get him back. Be a hundred percent. You want Semenya. You want Semenya to come in. <coughs> you want Semenya to come in and get two or three more goals between now and the end of the season and to improve and Wells you maybe want him to I mean I thought he was a bit ineffectual uh, today but uh, I mean look, it's just it's just 
is it depressing as you say and you, you you've reined back a bit on your twitter performance when you said we were useless in every effing department you said it is an acceptable defeat because you know they are a very good side and we didn't disgrace ourselves that's the that's the the, the key thing i guess coming out from uh, uh, this afternoon's game mark <clears throat> six games to go um you look at where we're going to get points you you'd hope for three against peterborough and you'd hope for three against Hull. That's two home games. And I'm thinking, you add, you look at the other four games, Huddersfield away on the last day of the season, going for the playoffs, they will be. Um, they're right in it at the moment. Sheffield United on uh, Easter Monday, that's the other home game. That's going to be... Uh, that's on the TV. Thank, thanks, Sky, to move that to our past five. <laughs> 5.30. And then... Derby away, I think they're gone now, Derby, to be honest. Derby away and Stoke away. You know, do, do, do you, do you Mark, see any points coming from other than the home games against Hull and, and Peterborough? Yes. Yeah, I think we could get a point away at Stoke. I mean, Stoke out of the playoff, so they're like us, but at the uh, the upper end of the table, they're, they're not going anywhere. I mean, on paper, they got a much better side than us, but I think we could get a point there. Derby have to win against us. I think that gives us a chance as long as we go there with the right attitude and not the one that we took to uh, Barnsley. Actually, Hull, I think, you know, that might be a more difficult game uh, at home. I think they played quite well at late as they showed um, against uh, Coventry the other week when they, they looked very good. And Huddersfield, the last game of the season... I think that might be Huddersfield for, uh, it'll depend, they'll be probably be in the playoffs and, and it'll just be the position. And yeah. those games can be can be quite funny. I think we could, we could, we could snatch, a, snatch a point there as well. So I think, let me see, final six games, I think we'll take, I'm going to go for nine points. And that would put us on 53, which would be one too better than last season I think. Ian, for you, uh, is it too, we too, we too inconsistent to try and predict our points haul there. I think Mark's a bit optimistic with nine from the last six when we've only picked up well, about my, five from the last six. Uh, I started a um, prediction uh, at the Birmingham game when we had 11 games left. And so far, after those five games, we're actually two points ahead of where I thought we would be. So I went for two draws and three defeats. And we've actually got a win in a draw. Um, so we're two points ahead. So the last six games, I've, unlike me, I've got a stand for 10 points. Bloody uh, win hell. against Peterborough. Yeah, win against Peterborough. Hang on a minute. Hang um, on a minute. Who's the in and who's Mark right, here? Shut up. Shut <laughs> Yeah, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Peterborough, yeah. Uh, where, where is Ian and what have you done with him? Um, Peterborough, <laughs> I've got us for a win. Stoke, a draw. Sheffield United at home a defeat, Derby away a win, and I think we could get a back-to-back win in the next home game with Hull. So that's three, and then losing the last one at Huddersfield. So I went for 12 points out of 33, and finishing the season on 53 points, which is safe, um, but in the um, time-honoured parlance, crap. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a very positive way to end the show. Well, I, we I, haven't, I haven't checked how we're doing, <laughs> but I do remember writing down with 18 to go. And I, and I haven't checked how I'm doing, but I said four wins, five draws, nine defeats. And with 18 to go, that was going to give us uh, 20, 40, 12. That was going to give us 17 points. And I think that was going to take us 50, 50. Can I just make a comment? Go on. Jimmy, Matt, Jimmy Mann says here, Ian's on the vodka. I can assure you, listeners, he's not. Ian's no. on the vodka. I'm on the Peroni, I'll tell you. <coughs> oh, dear, I'm dear, on the dear, dear. Um, Ian, this week it came out that we spent $1.3 million on agents in the period March 21 through to February 22. Oh, what yeah. the hell was that all about, man? Is that contract extension well, in the main? Yeah, I would imagine. Well, yeah, and that, that includes a, a portion of last season, but it is it is by the same token, Fulham spent the thick end of eleven million. Yeah. So that once again tells you all about the haves and have nots and why I want to see parachute payments stopped. 
Um, and I've been having a, a bit of a vociferous debate with some, with you, you think, with some Norwich fans on Twitter about it. And it stayed a good debate and quite polite. But I said, if I was in your position, I'd be saying the same as you. But if you look at it from our point of view, uh, clubs with parachute payments are now far, far, far more likely to get promoted. They've statistically gone up over the last, ever since parachute payments been in, I don't know if it's 10 seasons or whatever. Um, and post-COVID in as well, didn't it? That's made a big difference. Well, yeah, but they're far, far more likely. Mm. Uh, because if, if you take a, a club that comes down, wherever you finish in the Premier League, you get 100 million quid. Then the mm. first season you're down, you get 42 million. So you've got 142 million and Bristol City will have had nine the season before and nine. So you've got 142 million plays 18 million. Now, I don't care how good you are at what you do. You give me 142 million and give you 18 million and I'll do better at what you do than you will just because I'll be able to employ employ the best. Yeah, And, and you know, you've got to pay agents fees these days it's not like it was years ago and, and one thing you were talking about right backs just now George mm. Tanner's been training for two weeks why can't he play uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him back against Peterborough and I'd like to see Callas has, has he played any under 23 or has there been any under any under 23 games in the last I, two weeks I know the question is no he hasn't and there's another right back that I mentioned on the podcast is that, that Zach that you uh, keep going on about yeah, Zach. Zach, Zach Bell and, and then Gregor did an article um, on the lad, and I think he, he played for a Prem side, and we picked him up from the their trials or something like that. But he is a is right back. Zachary Bell with a great throw. Yeah, that's it. So why not? Why not? Why not give yeah. that kid a game? I mean, you know, I don't think we're going to go down. Even if we lost every game from now to the end of the season, I don't think we go down because I no. can't see the bottom clubs getting forty-four points. No. Can I just um, ask a question? But, Alan Payne said here, how yeah. can you pay 1.3 million on agent fees when our spend is only 2 million? Because yeah, it was but if, if you look at the period, like that. And, it, and it also, didn't that period take in a part of the previous season? When do you say it was from? Feb, Feb 21 to March 22? or was March, it yeah, March the... 21 till Feb 22. So it's the tail end of last season, but post-transfer deadline, so it shouldn't take any signings into account, but you just wonder whether an agent picked up anything. I'm sure he did somewhere along the line, even though they're mates of Pearson, whether there were any agents fees involved in signing uh, the job lot of, um, uh, of Simpson, James and, uh, uh, and um, King. But there King. we go. I mean, look, you're yeah. absolutely right. Everybody's right. Look, it's a massive financial advantage. And if you look at the top two teams that are there, Fulham and Bournemouth, that illustrates that 100%. But then when you go third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, right, that are all separated by five points, Huddersfield, Luton, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, Nottingham Forest, they don't have parachute payments. And I watched a bit of Nottingham Forest or Blackpool versus Nottingham Forest from Bloomfield Road today. And when I looked at the shambles of a show that we put in at Blackpool earlier this year, Mm. and then the clinical way that Forest have gone about that win and positioning themselves since Steve Cooper and they play <clears throat> with a method and with a purpose yes they've got probably one or two much better players than we've got yeah uh, I don't know what their finances are like but you know if two clubs are always going to go up that have got that money but there's always a chance of the underdog that's what the FA Cup is yeah and that underdog doesn't most of the time they'll come straight back down but some of the time they don't. And I would just love us to have, and we sort of did, seasons like Huddersfield, Luton, Middlesbrough and Blackburn are having. And we were doing better than those without parachute payments for about two seasons. But every season we fell away massively. Yeah, and yeah, that, I think I think the thing you've got what you've got to remember is we're we're pay, we're paying for it now because uh, despite. You know, as doing well for two thirds of those seasons or three quarters of those seasons, especially in well, two thirds of those seasons in 2017 18 and 18 19, um, you know, 18 19, and 18. Yeah, was... We just we well, we finished, we, we finished in, in seventh place. I think we finished about a point or two outside the playoffs, didn't we? We played Hull on the final More day and drew, drew what 
well. We were we were, we were two or three points points away. I mean, it, I mean, we we're, we're paying for it now because of the the sign-ins uh, between then and 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 twenty and twenty twenty. Well, no, we're in, paying you know, for it with the managerial the managerial signings because you know if you look at nineteen twenty before we went into before we went into the uh, lockdown, the game against Fulham, we were still knocking on the door then, and it was only when we capitulated when we came back with four straight defeats, which led to Lee Johnson's mm. demise. Yeah, so you could argue that three yeah. seasons running, we fell away badly. Yeah. And that oh, was no, no question about that. Dealings in the windows. All the I'm problem we got for... now is trying to justify City's league position when you've got teams like Luton. And I'm sorry, I'm not being disparaging to Luton, but you, you know, you look at you know, look at their grounds. Their budget is going to be tiny compared to ours. Access to facilities. That's what I said. Their attendances, access to facilities. You know they're they're nowhere near us in terms of that, but they're performing far better because they've got a good manager, a style of play that the, the players adhere to, good transfer act, good transfer activity, you know, of, of trading players for a pittance, and but they, you know, we can't justify where we are in the league, but we know. But then we're moving. Nigel I mean, look, at, going look, at nowhere. We, look at West Brom. West Brom. I know they got a couple of games. Well, no, they haven't got. They got a couple of games in hand on a couple of sides, but. They're nowhere near the playoffs this season. They got well. They, they just, got, I think they went wrong. We, we went for Val, Val, Valerie and, uh, Ishmael, Ishmael, who had a certain style of play. I think it worked well at the start of the season, but then they they got they got fined out with trying to play a high press. The players didn't like uh, it, and, and play a lot and like play it. a lot less. Well, they played a lot less. They played a lot less football, and they had a terrible in, run. In, in answer to your earlier question, Forest have got the same kind of financial problems that we've got, but what they have got is a couple of real quality load players in. Dean and Davis and Jed Spence. And the other lad in midfield who scored against us, the lad from Manchester United. Yeah. James Garner. Um, Garner yeah. So, so um, and our bloke don't want them, which is why I, I said today that, that the first thing we should do is... is let Pearson go and bring in a young modern coach, and and, well, and, and if you a bring a young example, coach, well, hang on, young. hang on, Dave, let me have Go it. On. You've had a long, uh, you've, you've got Steve, the job, <laughs> the job, that, the job that Steve Cooper's done at Forest, and the job that is it Nathan Jones at Luton that yeah. they've yes. done, yes, what fantastic and Huddersfield, by the way, I think they did get um, a parachute payment of about eighteen million from their time in the Prem. So, yeah, they have got a little bit, but I agree with you that those clubs have got no real advantage. Luton and Forest particularly have got no advantage over us. Forest might have reputationally, but <clears throat> everything's against Luton. But they could do what Blackpool did under Holloway and get in the playoffs and then go up to the Premier League. All right, if it's only for a season, it's 100 million quid and 42 million when you come down. Yeah. So, I, 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 I just not having this... I, I cannot understand this love affair with Pearson because he, it seems to be when we lose, it's a situation, and when we win, he's a genius. And um, I, I, I just, I just can't got, see it. I, no, he's still got. And I've asked people to give me the facts of how we're going to improve. So I just said to them, no slogans, none of this. You always believe and get behind the team crap. I don't want to hear that. I'm not. Don't want to know it. Right. Tell me why it's going to improve in the summer because everything coming out of Ashton Gate, you know, like, oh, oh, the financial fair play, and, that, the, and we might have a deduction, but we'll take that before we get let the players go. And, and this and that, and that. Oh, we got all these players injured. Um, and it well, you're just managing the expectations. Be... Ian, you said it on many occasions. They have managed our expectations so bad that you get to the point where you think, why bother? Because the club, you know, they're all red. You know, and it, it is an interesting summer coming up. But, you know, the expectations are so bad that we're, we're, we'll be thinking next season, unless miracles happen in the summer, that, oh, well, if we finish above the bottom six, that would be a good season. I don't want that. I yeah. want to see some decent football. And it, by and large, it has been better at home since the turn of the year. Fair enough, right? But I want to see us competing. We may not be such good players as Bournemouth, Right, but when you look at sides like Luton, 
right? What they lack in skill, they make up for in, and Coventry are a bit like that. I know they've stumbled a bit of late, but what they lack in skill, they make up for in heart, right? And, you know, I'm not saying our players don't have heart, but we seem to be, we've got the worst of both worlds. We, we haven't got the busy bees, the committed, all action players that we got. We haven't got the class. It is just bloody depressing. And getting back to what you were saying about season tickets, you know, we got 13,000 now, right? I think yeah, if you're in the summer, that's just if, not going to happen, if, is it? If, 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 you're, if you're a marketing profession, professional, you call that a really poor offer. So you say to your manager, director, or CEO, what's our offer then? What are we offering people? And and I don't think, for me, the fans need something to galvanise them, energise them, because you haven't got that post-COVID, oh, we've all been locked away, for Christ's sake, let's go out and go somewhere, bounce. This season, you've got people looking at their, and, and like I said earlier on, they'll be looking at their, um, their lecky bills, um, and they'll be looking at their gas bill, and they'll be and looking at their fuel bill, their car food, their fuel food bill. bill. Foods, price of I've got to get down there. And yeah. you go down Ashton Gate, and everybody's trying to monetize everything. Everybody got their hand out. There's people asking you, "Oh, do you want to park on my drive? Tenner. Oh, do you want to park in a place that's been free for 15 years? Tenner." And 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 they were saying, "Well, we're offering parking. The parking's always been there. It parks on it for nothing." That area at the bit the the back of the whitening yards, that, that people parked there for years for nothing. Ten or now, two hundred and thirty quid a season. And and listen, I could I I don't I don't pay to park, but could I afford it? Yeah, I can. And I'm lucky. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so are, so are you, Dave. Yeah. Um. I, I don't I don't know your situation, Mark. Uh. But. I can yeah, I'm, I'm 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 lucky, and I can yeah, and I I can uh, I'm lucky. I've got I've got a good I've got a good job, and I can af- I can afford I can afford to do it. But I know you know people with families, kids tickets, kids tickets are, are, are aren't inexpensive on paper. But if you've got if you've got you know if you've got more than one child, and then it's then it's uh, uh, you know it's a cost of drinks and food on top. Like you said, the cost of parking and yeah. the cost of public transport. It just shoots the price up and you've got to balance that against the the entertainment factor what are you getting you take your kids exactly right you know they're going to get they're going to get depressed (laughs) and holding on to 13,000 it's child when you look at some of the matches we've seen down there your kids could say go to we won seven games at home this season yeah seven games seven games out of 20 when was the last time we got into double figures at home? 2017-18, we won 11. Was it? We won 11, 11. that season. And that was, that was deemed to be a good season, but we only won 11 home games. Um, yeah. In 18-19, we won seven. We think we won eight at home and 12. We won 11 away. Um, yeah. We had our best away away performance uh-huh. since, I think, 05 Here's 06. a couple of things, just to, just to wrap up, all right? There's a couple of quick questions. Um, <clears throat> oh, in fact, three. Pearson, oh, what was right? I don't know what that was. <laughs> Pearson, he, he, his, his attitude, as you say, and with this sort of, huh, huh, huh. <laughs> we're, we're pinning everything on the summer. Is Do you, either of you think there's a chance that Pearson would walk at the end of this season? No, not if That's he's good. under contract. Because he, he, he won't, because he won't, he won't, he won't, he won't get paid. He won't get any comp. He won't get. Uh, right. He won't get a payoff. It's, right. it's, that's a situation. Okay, so We're pinning over. our hopes on Pearson. I mean, I, I, he can't, he can't justify his position based on results. But I'm not advocating for his sacking. The club won't, won't sack him. I'm just hoping, and it is hope, that they get it right in the summer, and that's all we we've got. And that he can, I mean, we, some of the youngsters. With a manager that doesn't like great. to deal with agents and a chief executive that. Well, I remember, I remember something that, what was it Brian Clough said? He said uh, back in the 70s, he said we, uh, back then we only had 007 and he only, he only effed women, not all football clubs, which yeah. I thought was always all right, a, that's quite true. a good so you both don't think but with, on the, In the unlikely scenario that he does go, here's another one for you because there's a few little murmurings of this because the little boy appeared on Soccer AM today. Would we ever have Lee Johnson back? And a Lee Johnson without the uh, Rasputin-esque Mark Ashton above him pulling <laughs> no. the strings? No. He no. Says, no. 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 
<coughs> if and I'm only he's not my favourite manager, but he'll always be on my short list. There's a good <laughs> joke for you. If we had, and if anybody's listened to my Joe Royal interview, the best manager we never had in 1982, he went to Oldham. After we turned him down, didn't we, I think? We turned him down in 82, he told me, but he also told me more recently he got a thanks but no thanks letter from somebody at Ashton Gate. And whether that was when Cottrell left or when uh, uh, leading to Lee Johnson's appointment or whether it was before then, I don't know. But would um, a young coach coming in with a director of football, and I'll throw the name in, Joe Royal, because he is three years younger, two years younger than Woy, and Woy is still managing, yeah? Joe Royal yeah. is director of football and a young coach, yeah? I think that would garner some support, to be honest. I don't know. What do you think? And Joe said in that interview that I did with him for the podcast, I said, he said you can never say never not about Bristol City but get him back in the game but he's a very sharp astute guy Joe if you listen and Joe Royal with a young coach that would be a good combination I don't think there'd be too many critics about that what do you say <clears throat> you first Ian and you Mark I would say yes to the young coach no to Joe Royal um, been out of the game the too moment, long yeah at the moment yeah. Although he's undoubtedly got some good contacts uh, in the north, I would guess. Um, do we need a director of football? Possibly, but but not him. Um, <clears throat> at the moment, um, Pearson said that we're not bringing in a head of recruitment. We're not bringing in a director of football. Um, I can't see the club doing it for the simple reason that that they're skint. Um, <clears throat> and it would cost money because you'd have to get, first of all, you'd have to get rid of Pearson. Um, before you brought in uh, not so much head of recruitment but certainly a director of football because I can't see him working that well with a director of football um, oh, I don't like and, loans and don't I, do this don't do that don't know what work with a well, exactly that's what I'm saying you've you've got to ask the question do we keep the, the first question is like I said I, and I, I did this well a couple of podcasts ago I think the first question meeting at the end of the season are we happy with where we are uh, and if if, the, if they are then that'll lose a lot of support. Um, Are we happy with the performance of the manager and his his coaches? And that's a yes or no question. Uh, Okay, then at that point, they either say, yeah, we are, or no, we're not. And then the subject comes up, well, what do we do about it then? Yeah. So once you've you've done made that that perhaps two-hour-long meeting, then you have a longer one with Pearson. If there's any doubt or anything like if you decide to get rid of him, you just tell him he's going and you bring in your younger coach uh, or, or a more, a, a coach, I would say, not necessarily, I'm not getting ageist about it, but, um, you know, some somebody like um, Steve Cooper. Uh, you bring in somebody like that and then you, um, you have to decide what you're doing in the summer and who's going to do it. Because I think what's going to happen, yeah, Oh, go on. Sorry, Mark, just have your yeah, say. Yeah, I, 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 I would just... All right, go on. Go on, Mark. I, your, think, your that, I think the problem the problem is with City is, you know, if you look at Steve Cooper at Swansea and his predecessor, Graham Potter, you're bringing in good, hungry managers. Um, uh, Potter did well in, in Sweden uh, with, a, with a, a small a small team that got into Europe, whose name I've forgotten, and Cooper did well with the England under, under 17s or under 19s. You, you need you, you've got club in Swansea who had a strategy and a style of play. City have got neither of those, so they're starting behind to start with. That's the problem with City. They haven't got the vision. Until they have some vision and get organised, we're just going to continue stuttering along. So City need a vision to start with to just bring anybody into the club. That's the problem. Well, but didn't and the manager? Get rid of didn't Pearson, how much did it cost to pay him in? off? Didn't Nigel Pearson when he came about back, a million. say we're going to play fast, flowing front foot football, wasn't it, or something like that? Is that correct me if I'm Well, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any anything to you know, I haven't seen anything to convince me of that. We got some good young players coming through the academy. We've seen you know seen the emergence of Alex Scott, and there've been other lots of players who who played you know played in the first team. Um, some because of because of COVID and the long term injuries last season, and they haven't done badly. I think. 
a positive thing if it, because of the, the, their poor form recently. We might see that Scott and Masengo stay, uh, and uh, and and uh, and possibly you know now we may lose Andy Vyman or Dan Bentley or Semenya. We may keep some of the players we thought were going to go out the door. The trouble is this 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 club haven't got a strategy. They haven't got a style of play. They haven't got a vision. They're not a Brentford or a Swansea. You know, something, you know, know. somebody like a Matthew Benham uh, or somebody like that. But they got, we got better resources. We got more money. So why aren't we done that? It's because the management, the, the whole overall management, it's just been about Until that's sorted out, we'll have this problem for years. And Ian, you said, you, you put on Twitter the other day, what's happened to them? I mean, look, look, even the bloody rugby club have screwed up, haven't they? Yeah, with their wages. You see that story? Last there was a problem with. I, I didn't go into it in depth, but there's a problem with the uh, salary cap, isn't it? Capping. They've screwed it up due to an administrative error. Somebody's uh, after roll for that. And we talk about Brentford. Look at that. Brentford go to Stamford Bridge today and dump Chelsea four one. Jeez. Yeah. I thought that was incredible. Yeah, but, Little Brentford. Yeah, but they. For Christ's sake. They Little play. Brentford. Yeah, but. Yeah, but they don't go to places, and think. Well, we've got no chance, so we'll pack the six yard box. <clears throat> Brentford didn't get promoted playing like that at any time. No. And they've got they've got good coaching. They're good in the in the transfer market. I mean, little Brentford plays some sizable wages. You know, you wouldn't have got Christian Eriksen for, for 10 or 20 grand a week or anything like it. But it the the way they play, the whole outlook of the club is completely different from our club. So if if their fans would be fighting to get season tickets next season, fighting, yeah. and and our fans would be saying, well, why should I buy one? And anybody that's a waiver, unless we do something pretty extraordinary over the next six games, and and I don't think for a second we will, um, we're um, we're not going to attract those. I mean, we lost, as you know, Dave, we lost three thousand season ticket holders. Uh, last season and 1700 of them had been season ticket holders yeah. for seven years or more so you've got some 20 year men in there and yeah. and plus other people like you that decided they'd get a season ticket but they wouldn't uh, do corporate again um, there'll be a lot of people like that because everybody's going to start thinking well wait a minute there's a misalignment at the moment everything seems to be going quite well in the economy but prices are flying up inflation's Higher than it's been for for decades. Wages in real term or are, are, real terms are falling. So people, I'm scratching my head thinking, well, when's the unemployment going to come along and follow it, or when yeah. are people going to say, well, actually, do you know what? I'm not going out. I'm not going to order that new car. I'm not spending money. I won't get a new kitchen, a new house. I mean, everybody. I'll, I'll, I mean, certainly me and you, Dave, on this phone call, have spent money on our houses this year. Yeah. Well, that ain't going to happen next year. Because there's been no furlough, there's no, no, you all got to stay in. So people have been sort of spending as they go. But I would think by, I don't know, what, what, how long is it going to take? Another three to three to six months of this. And a lot of people are going to be scratching their head and saying, well, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, it's a family holiday this year and the season ticket for me and goes my out the window and we'll talk a lot. Supporting a football club is a motive thing. And clubs have relied on that for too long. Look at the league position of City. Seven loan wins out of 20 all season. People are going to say, I can't justify this anymore because I, I you know I'm struggling to live. I've got families, you know, all the, all the, all these bills I've got to pay. I, I'm, I might go to, I might, I might go to the odd game and I'll pick and choose my games. And that is just or I might life. buy a half season it's difficult. I might buy a half season, season ticket depending on how, how we do. <laughs> Yeah, based on our second. But I think what it goes back to, David, and what Ian says, we need a strategy. Somebody's got to take that club by the scruff of the neck and say we need a strategy going forward to take this club back up and see us challenging, maybe in a couple of seasons. Yeah. But we've got to see some progress. <laughs> we must have a field. plan. Yeah. Because yeah. there are players doing teams with much smaller resources than us doing far better. We got we got a good academy. But we need to combine that with some good signings in the summer and start moving this club forward because that's what we all want. We've got fantastic no. support home and away. Brilliant. But don't keep letting those fans down because they've been no. good to you. Return it. They love you. Yeah. Start here, loving here. the fans as much as they love you. Yeah. 
Here, guys, here, look, we here, don't, here. Yes, here, here. All right, our next podcast will be on Sunday morning, which next Sunday morning after the Peterborough game, when hopefully we'll be celebrating uh, a win. I'm going to finish painting a oh, few I love winning on my shed. Ian, as always, thank you. Mark, as always, thank you. Everybody thank who's you. been listening, a lot on normal number, but I wouldn't expect it to be because I think people are already voting with their feet in terms of what they think of the 21-22 season. Not all that. And we got next season to look forward to with the World Cup. And we've got a summer that is going to be very, very interesting. Um, who's staying? Who's going? Who's coming in? It's going to be worth watching. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Have a great week. All the best. Stay safe, everybody. Cheers, guys. Bye now. I heard a robin this okay. morning. I'm feeling happy today. Gonna put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up. Get up. Get out of bed. Cheer up. Cheer up. The sun is red. Live. Love. Laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours. It's the 90th minute, all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.